This is Julia Sotis, and you're listening to A Different Reality. What else is possible beyond this reality that you haven't yet chosen? Welcome to my podcast. It is uh, Tuesday, January 4th, and I am here today with the lovely Amy Shine. Um, Amy is somebody I've been friends with for a long time, and she actually, we we started, I invited her onto this podcast because she was talking about, I was asking her some questions for Global Bars Day, actually, about her working in drug rehab centers um, in Florida, which is just such an interesting topic. And I, I thought, I want to dive into this a little bit more. Um, and so Amy has an amazing story, and uh, I can't wait to go on this journey. So welcome, Amy. Thanks, Julia. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. I have an oh. amazing war story. <laughs> okay, tell us your war story. <laughs> She's laughing as I'm saying that she's going, yeah, it is quite a story. (laughs) Well, it's just funny, you know, um, I ended up in AA at 21. So like having a war story was something to be very proud of. Like, and people would compete, like who's got the worst war stories? Yeah, totally. Totally. I know. I used to think that like, I couldn't be an access facilitator or anybody who like, motivated people or wrote a book or did anything because I'm like um I have nice parents and um I don't have a lot of problems so I probably just can't do anything in that field because I don't have a war story so I totally yeah. get that and then uh, and then those of us that might have a little bit of a war story think our war story isn't bad enough to either to facilitate <laughs> or do anything profound in the world so we're all just going around judging that we haven't suffered enough <laughs> that's amazing um, Oh my God. Holy crazy. So how did you get started with all this stuff? This stuff as in consciousness and the bar. Consciousness. Yeah. So, I mean, well, first off, like, I guess the, like the big kind of traumatic event that happened to me was when I was 16, my brother got killed in a car accident and he was only 21 and it was him and his best friend. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was pretty rough (laughs) and that, you know, created a lot of I guess, a lot of energies in my family and in my world. And that was the beginning of me. I guess, Well, that was the beginning of me looking for something else. Like, um, you know, that was when I actually started to look at like angel cards. And um, I started to go like I found this lady who did this angel readings where we lived. And she introduced me to like a little bit of Reiki really understand much about energy back then but she did some reiki on me she did reflexology on me so i guess it was like 17 18 experiencing those things for the first time and and so i i was like i was open to like something else and then um around that time too you know um i started like smoking weed a lot um that was my coping mechanism to deal with like everything that was going on like all the loss and all the grief it was like okay i'm just gonna smoke it was hash at the time we didn't have weed in Ireland. We weren't that advanced. So we, we would smoke hash every day. And that, that was my like, okay, I don't have to deal with my emotions. I don't have to deal with my feelings. And not only that, it was like coping with the, like the sadness in the home that was, that was there. Yeah, like it was just that's there. hard. Yeah. And so it was my escape. Like, so I smoked every single day, like every day for probably like four or five years. And, and then we drank a lot. 
but that was acceptable in Ireland. Like you just go out and you got like wasted drunk at the weekends. Um, and then when I was about 20 and 21, I went to Ibiza and that's when I started doing like kind of harder drugs, ecstasy and other things. And that's when I really started mixing everything. Um, and very quickly, like I spiraled, like I spiraled, like out of not like, I guess I spiraled, like my mind spiraled out of control. Did you um, like move to Ibiza or you just like, yeah, on? for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did two <laughs> summers there. Just moved there. Two summers in Ibiza. Yeah. Parties <laughs> all summer long. Oh my God. That's yeah. insane. I know. I, Wow, that's amazing. That's kind of, I don't know, it's just so um, adventurous and different and you know what I mean? Like who says they lived in Ibiza? That's cool. I know, I know. We went there for a holiday. Like we must have gone for a holiday when we were about 19. And then like when I was 20, I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to go for the summer. Well, lots of people did that in Ireland. Lots of people would take off for the summer. But I mean, not that many people took off to Ibiza, but <laughs> I had to be the extreme version. I think I was the only person in my town that went to Ibiza. Like I grew up in a kind of a small, like Irish town, you know, everyone knows everyone, everyone knows your father, you know, like, yeah. And, and so I really just wanted to get out of that town as well. And I, I, I'd broken up with a, with a boyfriend as well. And it was pretty like dramatic breakup. So I wanted to get away. And, um, and so I went to Ibiza and, um, and of course, Ibiza is like a drug island and it's a party island and you just party you all the time. Yeah, a little bit here and there. <laughs> what was your job? What was your job uh, in Ibiza? I had to do, like, I, we used to sell tickets to the clubs. Like, you know, there's like a strip, it's called San Antonio and it's all like bars and like, everyone's like, come in and have two for one drinks. And um, I got a job like selling tickets to the nightclubs because there's all like big DJs that play there. So everyone's going to the clubs. Oh, and then you make commission cool. off what you make. But, you so know, were you, were like, like, were you like on the street, like inviting people in like they do? In New yeah, York well, you would like invite people to buy tickets. The clubs were like spread out around the island. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Simone Millicis did something similar. <laughs> she worked outside of a restaurant, inviting people into the restaurant. Yeah, she's That's got cool. some stories, too. Yeah. <laughs> she was That's a party cool. girl. Oh my God, Amy, I didn't know any of this stuff. This is so interesting. I know. When people meet me now, they're like, what? Even my husband's like, you didn't party. I'm like, I did. You just didn't know <laughs> me then. <laughs> so, oh so God. yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was fun at the time, but also like it wasn't either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah thought yeah, it was yeah. fun. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, I was, I was young and like obviously doing drugs like that, it impacts you quickly when you're you know you're small you're a woman you're petite you're young and and I so by the time like by my second summer in Ibiza when I came back from the second summer so I'd done two seasons there and I started to I started to have like a mental breakdown so um yeah and it was pretty intense like uh what this reality calls psychosis and Gary says something else about it (laughs) He says, what does Gary say? That you expose too much of your X-Men capacities to the world. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard that. Wow. Yeah. He's like, but you know, also, so the thing is when you do drugs, you open up your, like, so you're, you're psychic already. Like you're aware already. You come in, you're like the psychic being. And then like, and you're already very like open and visual and like aware of entities and all this stuff. You just don't have tools to deal with it. When, when Anthony and I were first starting to date, I was like, I was coming out of my party phase. Cause I actually 
partied a lot too. Um, not, nothing dangerous, like nothing dangerous, but like a lot, like just throw, throwing up on like every, you know, a lot of Sunday mornings, you know what I you mean? You were and, white girl wasted. I, that's exactly what I was, Amy. <laughs> that's the perfect explanation for what I was. <laughs> and I was like, Anthony, I want to go to Ibiza. And he's like, he's like, no, he's like, do you know what, like with the access tools, like how demonic that would feel. And, and that reminds me of what you're saying. It's like, it's like, there's so many, like, like when you have a town that's dedicated to drugs and alcohol, I mean, I can't imagine the stuff you must've picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so oblivious at the time, you know, like, yeah, you don't know that how aware you are. And, um, and then when you do drugs yourself on top of it, like, you know, like, you know, we learn in access about like drugs, like they open up your sensory cortex. And so you can access things when you're on drugs and you actually access your capacities, like when you're on drugs. But what happens is that when you come up, but the thing is, not only do you access your capacities and guys, if you want to know more about this, you can learn more about this in foundation class or also three day body class. And there's a process for unlocking drugs from your sensory cortex, which is amazing. Um, but what you, what we learn later is that when you take drugs is that not only do you access your capacities, which is, which is great, right? But you also absorb, absorb, absorb all the judgments of everyone around you. So that gets even heightened. Um, and then what happens is that you lock it into your sensory cortex. So when you come off the drugs, you cannot access that anymore. So you cannot access any decision you made on drugs. You cannot access even whatever capacities you might've tapped into. And you also can't access the judgments you absorbed. So is it any wonder when you come off drink or drugs? And when we talk drink, we talk about like, like you said, Julia, like drinking to the point of blackout, you know? Um, yeah. it's, it doesn't, it's not quite the same effect, but I get that it can create similar things. And um, so can you imagine coming off drugs? Like how messed up you feel, you know? Oh my God. And on top, top it all off. If you're a super aware being, you're aware also of beings without bodies. So you, you also, how many entities, you know, right. you absorb when Thanks you're on drugs. Your explanation of the sensory cortex and how, like the, the capacities come out when you're drunk, but you also become aware of like the judgments get locked in, the capacities get locked in. And I, I, that's a really different way than I've heard it explained. And that's brilliant. So thank you. Yeah. That's and that's why like, in a way we do like to get like why drugs can be appealing. Cause it's like, Oh, you feel like you're invincible and you're on top of the world and you could create anything and everything is possible. Like for me, it was like an opening up of my universe. It was like, everything is possible. But then at the same time, now you're also, you're accessing that, but now you're also accessing all the judgments of people and like all the insanities of other people, all the, all the, the world of entities and beings without body, you're accessing all of that. And then when you come off the drugs, you're like, you feel so fucked up because you actually can't access any of that anymore. It's just locked into your, into your sensory cortex. Which why a lot of people end up like, you know, coming off drugs, feeling insane, feeling crazy, insomnia, racing mind, like all that stuff. So and with the three-day body class, like with the process, and Amy's a three-day body facilitator, um, which is amazing. And that class is amazing. And so there's a process in that class called the perfectionism of insanity and drug-induced scenarios. And so 
that process is, I mean, you're helping me look at this in a totally different way. I mean, that process literally takes the, the psychosis, like it gets that psychosis actually gets locked into your world, into your sensory cortex. And there's this unaccessible sort of insanity going on. And so that process opens that up and lets all of that release and dissipate, destroy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's trifold sequencing systems. So if you take a bars class, you learn about trifold sequencing systems. But if you go on, you do foundation and do three day body, there's another process that addresses the trifold sequencing systems for specifically drug induced scenarios, perfectionisms and insanities. And it's run on the sensory cortex, which is behind your, it's like your octopus, you know? So yeah, what you're doing with that process is like, you're actually releasing those things that you could never access before. And so like, that's why, you know, when you asked me, Julie, at the start, and we haven't even gotten there yet, like when I run bars with people in treatment centers, how is that? And I said to you, like, it's a very different energy to running bars on someone who isn't coming off drugs or alcohol or addiction. Because what happens is that like, you are like, when you're coming off all that stuff, you're so foggy. You're so like, because you have all these decisions just locked in and judgments and you can't seem to access you. So this is where the bars, trifold sequencing systems, and this one also for the drug induced scenarios can be such a gift to anyone coming off any type of addiction um, or anyone who's been through any trauma um, because it helps them release that stuff that they've locked in that they can't even access. And the beauty of bars and body processes and access is that you actually don't even have to know what you're clearing. Like you don't have to, like, I have no idea. Like I could have accessed so many different things when I was on drugs you know, or different energies could have come into my body when I was blacked out, but I don't have to go back into that. I just have people run this process on me and it starts releasing that. So I'm not limited by those decisions I made in the past anymore. Does that make sense? That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't see the full picture of that. Well, for years in access, I actually found it really hard to be present Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was later, like, uh, Shannon O'Hara actually said to me, who's the creator of Talk to Dentists, it was like, she was like, it takes like twice the time you're doing drugs. It takes, or the t- years you did drugs, it takes like twice that time to get it out of your system. But she said, but if you do access, you can speed it up. So it might take half the time. So I couldn't get like why sometimes like I still check out, I still zone off, I go off in other places. So I've had that trifle sequence and it's only recently, you know, um, and I've been doing access for like seven, eight years, seven years, eight years. Um, and it's only in the last year that I've really felt like clear in myself, you know, and like more present and not having that like foggy checkout wow. energy still, still impelling on top of me. That's amazing because I've seen like the stuff that you have, that you have, I mean, I don't know how your inner world is and like, but like the stuff that you've been creating and how your life has changed is so amazing. And I, you know, I've noticed it so dynamically and to hear sort of the inner workings and the inner dialogue, the world that's going on and what's changed is that's really a beautiful journey to like, to see how that manifest itself basically yeah wow Wow. yeah and like when 
like when I was, so when I, like, so when I turned 21, like after that second summer in Ibiza was when I had like the psychosis. So like I was having like delusions. Well, what this reality would call delusions. I was having voices in my head. Basically what I was having was a ton of entity awareness, but it wasn't just entity awareness. It was like they had taken over. Like the entities were like running the show and it was like light energies, but also like demon energies but I had no tools to deal with this like and I had an awareness of what was happening but like no like also no one around me talked about any entity awareness no like this was like going back 15 years ago in Ireland like Reiki was weird back then you know like yoga was weird back then like now people are a little bit more um conscious and aware but so there wasn't anyone that could like sit down with me and be like clear entities for me like you know like ask me questions like try to get me to like what was really going on so the only option really was to put me on medication um and that's why I'm so I would so I'm so like I love everyone I would love everyone who's ever been through addiction or mental illness to have these tools because it's not just the bars we have access to like the body of work talk to the entities you know and you know Shannon O'Hara talks about like you know, nearly all mental illness is entity awareness, you know? Yeah. And, and, and like, I was missing those tools. And I, I actually sat in the psychiatrist's office and was like, he was like, trying to ask me questions, you know, what, what, what was going on? And I just said to him, I just need someone to give me tools to help me slow my, my mind down. There's too much going on right now. And he laughed at me. He told me there's no tools for that. And he put me on medication. But I knew there was tools. I didn't know what they were, but I knew there was. You know, five years later, I found Axis, and I was like, "Oh, they were the tools." tools. <laughs> I was like, "There has to be an easier way." Like that was my question the whole time, you know. And so they didn't know what to do with me. They're like, "Okay, mental illness. Here you go. Here's your label. Medication. Here you go." And then three counselors, like. We're like one, two of them told me I was an alcoholic and I needed to go to AA or NA. Cause the thing about it, like if basically addiction is like, it's all put under one thing. So it's like, oh, you have the symptoms of an addict. It doesn't matter what you do, whether it's drink or drugs or eating or sex or gambling or whatever, you can just go to any meeting, the same principles apply. So yeah. it's like, okay. You might not be like alcoholic, alcoholic, but you're an addict. So go to AA. I was yeah. like, okay. So I started going to AA and I went to AA for five years. I did the 12 step program. Five years? Yeah. I was That's full good. on AA. Like I was the 12 step program person. From 21 to 26? Yeah. Until I found access. I still went to AA for a while while I did access at the start. Um, In Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually was going to meetings and I was go and I, you know, the first year it was just like, I just need to go somewhere where, uh, there's some bit of support. Um, and what you find is when you go to AA, it's a bunch of humanoids who all think they're wrong. And by humanoids, I just mean people who are, who are like different, who like don't really fit in, who always felt like they were like the odd one out in the family, the ones who were kind of like the dreamers, the, you know, and they're all like just sitting in the room, just talking about how wrong they are. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I fit in here. I belong. <laughs> totally. You're my people. <laughs> um, 
And so it did give me a sense of relief, you know, that there was other people in the world. And a lot of them talk about racing minds and hearing voices. And a lot of them have similar things going on. You know, the story might not be the same, but the things that go on in the mind seem to be the same. So that's what I, I just listened to. I listened to what was going on in their heads and I tried to not like compare the story because the stories can be very different, very dramatic. And yes, I definitely sat there going, my story is not that bad compared to some of these people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some of these people had like 60 years of drinking, you know, hardcore drinking. They destroyed families and, you know, and they, and they did some like they did some stuff that they really, you know, carried a lot of shame with them. Mine was much shorter. So and yeah. but so it was just like, oh, okay, like it doesn't matter what the story is, it doesn't matter the length of time. What I what I was hearing was the stuff that was going on in their heads, I'm not the only one. And that was a little bit of a relief. Um and I stuck around long enough to get a sponsor, do the steps. Um I even created some meetings, like I started a meditation meeting, I started like a 12 step big book meeting and um, because I was really interested in the recovery part I wasn't that interested in staying in the story and hearing the story I was like I want to get well and I want to know what it takes to get well and I want to be around people who are well and um, and that's unusual uh, yeah well there is some people in AA who are well and who do you know are great people and work like they 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 just do work on themselves and they help other people and they're they are recovered as such you know even though they might not want to say it they are recovered and they go on and the thing about the big book is it even says in it like the big book a big book says like we know only a little more will constantly be revealed and that book was written like 19 i can't remember the year it might have been 1979 or even earlier so there is some great things in that book what happens is that people make it a dogma and then that becomes a problem because they know they've made it that that is the answer and they stop asking questions they stop wondering what else is there right Right. And, and I had a question. My question was like, there has to be an easier way. <laughs> and there has to be something else. Yeah. And, and around that time was when I met Rachel O'Brien at a meeting. And Rachel O'Brien is another access facilitator. And um, so I knew her from going to meetings and she struggled a lot. We both did. You know, we, we battled with our emotions on a daily basis and nearly everyone in the rooms did. And, um, and I went away for a summer and I came back and I noticed this massive change in her. Like she had peace and ease in her. And when she spoke, like she spoke from like this different place where she was like doing well and like this, this contributing energy. And I was like, who's her sponsor? I want her sponsor. She's totally changed. And I started to hang out with her more. And what I found in hanging out with her, it wasn't that she had a sponsor that she was changing. It was that she found these tools of access consciousness. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. That's how you found access. Was yeah. True, Rachel. Yeah. She was so clever. Like she would like run my implant band when we'd be hanging out and I didn't even know what she was doing. Like, so the implant band is one of the bar points. And like, I remember us being at this like AA kind of retreat thing. We went off to Zock and Barra. It's like this place in West Cork. And Rachel has a guitar and she sings. And we were all together, a group of us, all very innocent, you know, like, and, and it was a cool energy. Like we all supported each other and we were all like staying sober and just looking to create a greater life. And um, I was sitting down and she was like, 
touching these points on my head. And I thought she was doing Reiki or something. I didn't know what she was doing, you know, but I never asked her either. Just let her, let her do it. And there was several times where she did that to me and I never knew what she was doing, but from being around her, I was changing. And I know now that I was changing at the time, I didn't notice a difference at the time, you know, you don't. And so one of the things is that when you get your bars run, it creates this space in your world, but we're not used to having space. So we've no idea that now there is space. (laughs) Right. And now I can look back and go, wow, like I remember like her doing that. And then later, like that next day, I was like dancing on the cliffs, like at the top of these cliffs, like looking out over the ocean and being so connected to the universe and to the art. But at that time, I didn't know that that was like something that had happened because she touched my head, you know? Right. But now I can look back and go, wow, I was really changing just from her, like running my implant band for 10, 15 minutes here and there. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And for those of you who might be new listening, uh, Amy's talking about the access bars and you can go to accessconsciousness.com slash bars and find out what she's talking about. Um, That is just, that is such a beautiful story. I mean, I had no idea. That is, uh, thank you for coming on because it's like, <laughs> I just, for me personally, I feel like I got to know, like, like just more about you. That's so amazing. Yeah. And so, and so now, so then you moved to, um, Florida and we'll, we can probably wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, but I would just love to hear about sort of, you moved to Florida and, you know, life has changed a lot for you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I did, I got kind of, I obviously then went on and took the Barris class with Rachel. And after that, I was just like, this is gold. Like I couldn't like, honestly, what that first Barris class gave me, like there's no amount of money or gold I could give for that. Like it, it gifted me, it gifted me freedom. Like it gifted me, me. And after that I was like, okay, I want the whole world to know about this. And most especially, I really wanted everyone in, in AA to know about it. Like, I was like, oh, please, like everyone in AA needs to know that this is possible. Like, you don't have to live with the roundness that you have a disease. You don't have to, like, think that you're limited. Like, I had all, because I was, like, receiving so much from this. And I wanted yeah. everyone to have it. And you know this yeah. one. We all know this one. And then you go out and you try to tell everyone about it. And nobody wants to hear about it. No. Um. And it's okay. That's fine. Choice creates awareness. And, um, I, I really just got clear then, okay, what do I want for my life? You know, what do I want to create as my life? And, um, I always wanted to live in the sun and, um, and so I had an opportunity to come to America and I took it and, and came to Florida and I've been here probably like five, six years. I've been here about six years, maybe actually, maybe, I don't know. Time is so weird. I know I'm married for six years. Maybe I'm, Maybe I'm here longer. I'm probably am. Anyway, and, and so I moved here and I started creating my life here. One of the things, and I'm still my ask is, what would it take to get access bars into every treatment center? First, it was in America, but let's go wider and ask for the world. And every mental health office center, anywhere where people are going for mental illness, what would it take for them to have access to the bars? They might not choose it, and that's fine, but I would just like everyone to know that it's there, you know, that people know it's there. Like it's, what would it take for it to be like such a widely known thing? Like acupuncture is, you know, like here. So I moved to Delray beach, Delray beach has 
then I did not know this coming here. Delray Beach has the highest number of treatment centers and rehab centers in the whole of America. And I wrote, I found that out when I got here and I was like, okay. Um, so I started knocking on treatment centers doors. Like I literally went around like on the pavement, walked the pavement, knocked on these people's doors and walked in and was like, I just moved here. Here's what I can do. And I also had like a movement and dance, um, used movement as a way to like get out of my head into my body. And that was a big part of my recovery as well. So I, I talked to them about that and using movement as a therapy and then also like access and consciousness and the bars and the energy work. Um, and things didn't actualize right away, but certain things happened. And over time I got hired by this company to go in and teach yoga at um, a couple of different treatment centers around, around South Florida, like around Delray Beach, around Palm Beach County. Um, and so I've been doing that for like three years now. Um, and I go in and I basically go in once a week or once every couple of weeks. And we do, I do offer, I go in as a yoga teacher, but I don't really like calling myself a yoga teacher because half the people in there don't want to do yoga, can't do yoga. They're like, the age group is so different. Like you're literally going from like 19 year olds to like 60 year olds. So, and um, I like to create like something that includes everyone. So I try to like get them out of the mind frame of we're going to do yoga and just go, okay, we're going to move our bodies. And like everyone can move their body and invite them to move their body from like just movement, not like, okay, you're going to have to put downward dog, right foot here, right, you know, left hand there, like just getting out of the form and structure and actually just getting them into their bodies. So, so you had asked me about running bars on people in recovery. The thing is when you go into addiction and when you're in a lot of addiction, you leave your body for the addiction. So a big part of recovery has to include the body. If it doesn't, you will constantly relapse. And that's why there's such a high percentage of relapse. And that's why when I was in AA, I was like, there has to be something else. Because are we just going to talk about this stuff forever? And I always knew I needed to include the body. And I always knew I needed body work. And that's what also I think pulled access into my world is because I was asking for body work. I had no idea what body work was, but I knew the body had to be included. And a lot of traditional programs don't include the body. Yeah. Um, and so a, a lot of people who've been in and are going in true recovery, it's like they're so disconnected from their bodies. And it's like, OK, how do we get you back into your body? And so that's where like it's like, OK, facilitating embodied movement. And then also if you can offer access bars, what you're doing with the bars is you are actually bringing them back into their body. Brilliant. And, you know, the more you get your bars run, the more you get present with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's brilliant. And like the fact that you saw that and really, you really sought that out. Like it was really this awareness that you had and then you just bead what it took to find it. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the gifts of like the body processes and the body classes that we do in access is that like it pours consciousness into your body. But when you're in addiction, you're totally abusing your body. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be substance abuse. It could be, you know, you're addicted to sex or you're addicted to, you know, judging yourself. You leave your body for that judgment. You know, you check out of your body. And and it may not be the same as like when you're doing drugs, but there is that energy of like, you're not present when you're judging yourself. So 
when you pour enough consciousness into the body, you actually can't abuse yourself in the same way anymore. Like it's it like look for you even I bet you like you would never be able to go out and get drunk the way you did those no. years before access. No, now. I couldn't. You couldn't. Like your body literally won't allow you. No, nope, there's no way. It's like your body becomes louder the more present you get with it, and so the more we can invite everyone to like body work or getting present with their bodies or embodying at least the less we will have abuse, the less we will have addiction problems, the less we'll have, um, we'll be able to abuse ourselves. Thank you so much. Just thank you. Um, that's so amazing. And, and guys, you know, Amy facilitates all over the world. I know you went to Dubai this year, you were in, you were in Europe and all over the place. And, um, so I invite you guys highly to look at our classes and see what's going on. Um, and what you facilitate um, foundation bars, three-day body class and talk to the entities. And, and right recovery for you. Do you? Yes. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Yeah. So I facilitate oh, wow. um, right recovery for you. So if any of you are like watching, listening to this, like, cause we're talking a lot about addiction and recovery. If you want to look up Marilyn Bradford has a book called right recovery for you. So if you're looking for like some, some a different possibility with recovery, that's an amazing resource. Um, to start there. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, what is, what else is possible with recovery and recovery of you isn't just about recovering from what you may think is, you know, substance abuse, like it's recovering you from like the judgment of you, the wrongness of you. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's an addiction that the wrongness of you is a very intense addiction. And, and that's, and that's where the bars comes in as well. Cause the bars, when you start to get your bars run, so like you could have all, you could have the best tools in the world, like the best questions, the best, you know, like cope, whatever tools you use in your box, but it doesn't matter if you're not dissolving that judgment from within, if you're not dissolving the judgment from your cellular memory, the best tools in the world won't help you. And that's what I found with AA, like I, it brought me so far, but then it was like the judgment was still always there. And it wasn't until, um, I started getting my bars run that the judgment started being dissolved from within. And then all the tools I had were a lot easier to use because I wasn't stuck in the judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was thank a whole you for having me. world. I can't <laughs> wait to share this with people and, and get this podcast out there. This is amazing. Um, and for those of you listening, um, you can find Amy um, on the Access Consciousness website. And do you have, I'm sure you have a website of your yeah. own. So it's www.amyshine.net. And, you know, you can find me on Facebook too. If you have a question about anything we covered today from mental illness, addiction, recovery, just send me a message on Facebook. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to put you, like send you resources or even like if you're halfway across the world, like Julia and me, like we know people all around the world um, that have access to these tools, to the bars, and we can connect you to people too, you know? Like my, my, I just want everyone to have this. I don't, I don't care how you get it. Just get it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Totally. Totally. That's amazing. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, Amy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for asking me to come on. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming. Oh, what a gift. Awesome. And thank you, those of you listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me on another episode of A Different Reality. It would be awesome if you could share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm always looking to spread the seeds of consciousness. And you can find me on my website at juliasotis.com. Until next time, what energy, space, consciousness, and choice can you be to create a reality totally beyond this reality with total ease?